Cahill might be hurt. Michael Perez might be awful. The latest DFA pickup, Otomaro Vegas. Pitch to get his first hit with the Bucks. Gregory Polanco might be finding it a bit. Hey, Kevin Newman, too, for that matter. Injuries are starting to clear up, and still the air around the club is thick with irritation, if nothing else. I mean, I get it. Watching a team who can't hit frustrates the masses, and all the help they have close to the bigs is on the mound. You know, the area that's largely been okay. Um, Welcome back to the Fan Forum on DK Sports Podcasting Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan, and this episode is all pirates. As always, I've dragged some friends along to help me try to make sense of some bucko topics, and let's start with our good friend Graves taking a break from the farm work today for us. Hey, Say hello. Gary. It's, it's great to be back, Gary. I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to join this discussion today, and uh, let's have a good time. Certainly the goal. And uh, next up, we have a new friend here, Charlie Franson. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. He can correct me later if he likes. Charlie hosts a fairly new but pretty darn good Pirates podcast called Bucko Fever. I honestly, check it out. It's one of the only one-man podcasts I really like out there. I kind of like the team aspect a little bit better where you have somebody to banter with. But Charlie really does a good job there. So say hello, everybody there, Charlie. All right. Thanks for having me. Um, pretty excited. This is going to be fun. All right. And finally, I'd like to welcome someone I've loved talking pirates with for close to two years now, uh, Sean Connolly. Uh, Sean, say hello, my friend. Hi, everyone. I'm excited to be on the podcast as well. Hey, right, let's see. So the first topic today is also our weekly poll question. And I asked this specifically because Ben Charrington keeps claiming DFA is like my kids used to walk through sweets from heaven. So, <laughs> and uh, the question was, do you feel like you understand Ben Charrington's short-term plan? Specifically short-term plan I put in there because I think we all kind of have a good handle on what's going on long-term. But short-term, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm getting what he's, what he's trying to do. Um, so it shook out like this, yes, Pulled in uh, 59%. No got 26%. And both got 16%. Um, and I'll, I'll give you one of the comments here. Scott Nelson says, for the most part, I like what he's doing. Gather talent and have it ready when it will matter. But there seems to be a lot of switching of marginal players that kind of puzzles me. I'd have to say that's right where I'm at. And that's why I jumped right into reading a comment because he's exactly saying what I, what, I, what I was thinking was going on. Um, again, for the most part, we all get the long-term, but why so many DFAs? Why such a short leash on them? I mean, what's he expecting to see in 30 at-bats? Charlie, do you have any thoughts on this one? Um, yeah, I guess. Um, I answered your, your poll question with a yes, but I kind of wanted to put like a question mark, like a yes, because I kind of get it. Um, I don't know, like, I know he's big future. I mean, that's the whole thing with this year is evaluating what is on the field and what is coming up. Um, but with these DFAs, like Vargas was the first one where I was kind of like, is, was that really worth it? Um, and my thought was that maybe they like him enough to uh, bring him in. Maybe he, 
they think he could play a better outfield than like a Wilmer Defoe or, um, you know, be a better absolute total super utility guy. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you send a guy like Stokes down, but again, Stokes wasn't going to get a whole lot of at bats with Polanco, um, you know, needing the at bats so they can hopefully get something out of them at some point. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I, I like what he's done with uh, putting some of the guys on a short leash, like guys like Alford and Fowler, you know, T Todd Frazier, um, you know, watching guys hit or not hit and, and being okay with, with letting them go or, you know, DFAing them, but, uh, you know, just claiming guys all over the place. And uh, right. I don't know how much a chance Vargas is really going to get. Yeah, I don't, that's, I think that's kind of my thing with Vargas. Um, we're going to have two infielders coming right back here yeah. really, really soon. I mean, unless I've misunderstood what, what the training staff has told us, Evans is going to be back really soon and Frazier is going to be back really soon. And Hayes isn't too far behind that. So while I leave room for setbacks there, what are they doing? I mean, like I, you got Ben Gamble, you got to put, you got to play him. Polanco is actually hitting. So it's not so much like they have to play him right now. I mean, at least not to try to move him. They because I think that's a pipe dream to begin with, but they have to play him because he's better than what they have. I mean, Sean, where do you sit on this? Because you know, we've we've chatted on Twitter and I I, I know you're really patient with what Ben Sherrington's doing, but what what in the short term do you see as as the goal here? Well, I think that maybe in the short term, they're looking at it as a NBA 10-day contract. Get these guys in. Maybe they have scouted them and seen something that they think that they can change and get a quick fix. Um, at the very least, they can get them in there and see what they can do and uh, possibly pick them up later on in the year, even if they do DFA them and let them go. I mean, normally I would tell you right away, you lost me at NBA, but I actually <laughs> understand what you're saying there. Um, because, you know, I mean, that's one of the few roles I'm actually familiar with, but I mean, that, maybe that's the way Stokes is going to work out. I mean, he's got a really good chance of clearing waivers and going down to AAA. I mean, he actually even tweeted out uh, today, can we just move the timeline up so I can play? You know, like it, he's not expecting to get picked up. He just wants to go and play baseball. And I think that attitude right there is exactly why I think a lot of us were kind of sad to see Stokes go. You know, I liked him better than a lot of the options I've seen. Graves, you were calling for Stokes to come up in the first place. That said, you've been very understanding of what he's doing. What's your take on this? My take on on the short-term plan, and, and I'm going to go uh, a little bit deeper, is, is around building a culture. Um, finding that nice mix of... Uh, personality and and like you said even even with, with with Stokes you know he just wants to come out and play ball he's got a good attitude and I think the same goes with with Vargas um he seemed like a really interesting player really interesting guy and I think they're looking because because we're trying to build an environment and change the culture I think Ben is is looking at as many possible options as he can. And, and yeah, hopefully Stokes clears, he comes back, he's gonna be part of the organization. And 
and use them as nurturing tools for the, for the, for the young guys. Um, I, um, we've got a rotating door, um, revolving door of, of players and it, and it does seem crazy, but I think they're, they're trying to get a feel and, and, uh, see how these guys react to maybe being DFA'd or, or after spring training being optioned down and, and looking at that to say, Hey, this, we like this guy. Let's, uh, you know, uh, let's, we want to keep him around and, and, and maybe bring him back later and uh, use him to benefit the organization. I mean, I see that to a certain degree and he's even said, you know, as much, he wants to see how people react to adversity too. I, I get that right. to a certain degree. How does he distinguish who gets that kind of treatment and who doesn't? I'm watching Michael Perez do nothing. I mean, nothing. And he's here. And now the alternatives in AAA, none none of them excite me. Right. But Michael Perez is showing me that he doesn't have the tools in Major League Baseball. And not having anybody to replace him with is certainly not been predicated on whether you had somebody real to replace him with right i mean (laughs) they cut fowler and alfred and they had nothing yeah so i mean you know i'll go back to charlie here wait in what way do you think he's making a distinguishment like who is he deciding gets that treatment and who doesn't todd frazier gets 30 at bats perez gets what half a season yeah um that's a really good question because i mean perez I think the one thing he has over those other guys is I think he's a little younger, but that's pretty much it. I mean, he has options available, but I think a lot of this just tells you how thin Indy is. Oh yeah. Um, there's nothing there. And, and I mean, that's really kind of shows you how poor the, the Neil Huntington uh, regime was at, at developing prospects because it shouldn't happen where your triple A team is 90% washout. I mean, they're guys that have been up, we know what Kevin Kramer is going to do. We know what Alford and Fowler can do. Like there's all these guys that we've seen up and down some of them for years. You know, the only, there's no prospects there really just yeah, Swaggerty right. and a couple, a couple pitchers, uh, you know, and Swaggerty, who knows how long he's going to be out. So. Yeah. I mean, Will, Will Craig's a great example of, yeah. of that. And, you know, um, Graves and I both came out pretty strong that, we didn't think that was a good call, you know, bringing him up mostly because I think we both felt it's going to be so short term. And um, he's a guy who I do think somebody might take a swing at when they try to have him clear waivers again. So I felt like for as long as he's going to be up here, most likely it seemed rather short sighted to lose that person out of your ranks when you don't have mason martin quite where you want him yet to bring him up to triple a yet you know you'd like to keep craig there to to kind of babysit that position and keep it warm at least for another season get mason martin up here maybe after the midpoint i mean sean when you when you see something like that you know that craig's got to hit like crazy or he's going right back and the likelihood that they lose him is there. They've already said they don't care once. They've cut him once, right? <laughs> so, 
I mean, what does that say to a player after, after time? I don't know that you can say it's motivating. Well, I think that I want to circle back to a little bit of what Greg was saying about the culture. I think that it's, it, it really encompasses what they're trying to do with competition. They had said before spring training started, they want to be comp- they want to have competition at, at all these different positions. Um, I think with Will Craig trying to keep him in there and keeping him going, uh, even if he does have interest from other teams, if he's not producing, he's not producing. His OPS right now after 23 plate appearances is 22. Uh, That's not producing. So you can say somebody else wants them and there's a danger of that, but they've also got another catalog of people that they can maybe go to. Um, And it just fosters that uh, era of accountability. If you're not producing and you're coming in there on a short-term contract, they all know what that is. There's no, you know, there's no surprises with that. Um, I also wanted to circle back uh, to the catcher, to Perez. Um, I know that he hasn't been very good offensively. And also he seems like his relationships with the pitchers haven't been really there. Um do you think that they're regretting letting go of that triple uh, A catcher who was really good defensively? His name slips my mind. Really good defensively Kelly. and uh, couldn't hit. Yeah. Do you think they're regretting that now? Considering that he just got called up and sent back down by Milwaukee, probably not. I mean, because they're, okay. they're hurting worse in the catching department than we are. So, I mean, if he can't make it there, no, I, I – I don't think they regret that at all. Defensively, I, I personally, I'm a big believer. Like, I don't necessarily need you to have all the skill sets. If you, if you can't give me everything that I need to be a great baseball player, can you at least give me one side? Give me defense or be a serviceable bat off the bench. Do something. I'm not seeing anything from Perez. And again, I don't want to turn this into like, um, a bashing of the backup catcher who in good times is only playing twice a week. It doesn't matter. In fact, that's probably a big reason why we've gotten this far into the season without his name really coming up because who cares? He's the backup. He barely is going to play. But what I'm seeing now with consistent playing time, they were being very selective about who they let him catch because the pitchers he's catching right now are frustrated. You can, you can see it. They shake him off almost as often as they accept what he throws down. And he's just jabbing at balls instead of like actually framing them back into the plate. He's, he's costing them strike calls. They see that they hate that you can tell. And I think we're, we're getting close to the point where we were with Elias Diaz, where people were just straight up. I don't want to pitch to him, put Jacob Stallings in. I mean, that's exactly what happened. That's why Stallings got the opportunity he did. So at some point, they're going to have to make a decision, and it's going to be more based on defense than what he does with the stick. But he's got options. So this should be really easy. Make a decision. Give me Joe Hudson. He looked all right. I don't care. Give me Betancourt. He was a number one a while ago. You know, I. yeah, they, they're probably not any better. But – Try something. Yeah. I don't I know. Think, I think that Bethancourt, I think they actually have him play in first base yeah. while uh, Craig's up here, uh, um, you know, while Moran is out. So, um, yeah, it, it's uh, it's it's probably 
past time to let Perez go and uh, or, or like you said, he has options so they can auction them down. And there, there's a couple of guys out there on the market right now, um, you know, that they could bring in. Um, but uh, Joe Hudson, he, he was probably the, the one catcher that impressed me the most in spring training. So if they wanted to bring up Joe, uh, you know, of course, they'd have to add him to the 40 man. So, we'll, you know, it's just more, uh, more uh, yep. rock and roll and, and shake up the roster. So I think I think what that's what surprised me most about now we'll, we'll wrap up this section here but I think that's what surprised me the most is that just the lack of care about the 40 man I think that's probably one of the things that has caught me the most off guard is uh, I thought they'd be a little more careful to make sure they were using options on guys to move people back and forth I'm not seeing that I'm seeing a lot of hey I don't care if you're only here for a week see ya right. Yeah. Oh, Hunter Owen, I know you fought your way through our system and everything. Here's your uh, cup of coffee because we need a warm body and you happen to be on the taxi squad. Oh, bye. Yeah. I mean, like, that's a lot of time to invest in somebody to, to just give up on them that quickly. And, uh, you know, Craig is going to probably have a real shot at leaving this organization with under 50 at-bats under his belt. That's a former number one pick. Granted, not this general manager's number one pick, but still to only get 50 at-bats in the major leagues before you're DFA'd for the second time. Wow. I mean, that's a short leash. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But on that note, let's go ahead and take a quick break. Come back and talk about uh, Miguel Yajure. this topic out to everybody i had no idea obviously that trevor cahill might go down but even so why not leave you up here he's done nothing but look the part so far i mean graves you, you in particular set me straight on this and told me that you know you were okay with with the idea of him spot starting and yeah i get it i do agree but at some point when a kid comes up here in two spot starts and shows you both times that the stage isn't too big and he's got it under control, he knows what he's doing, and you're nursing along a couple pitchers that aren't showing you that, why doesn't Miguel Yajure get to stay here? I think, and it's, that's one, one bad part of uh, the, you know, the, the business side of, of baseball. Um, He's, uh, I don't really necessarily want to say that he's, that he's blocked at this point because it, but he's kind of blocked at this point. Um, you know, with Cahill getting injured, um, you know, that definitely will change some things. I think he's going to, he's going to get the call and, and, uh, we'll stick around for a little bit more. Um, I mean, we're, pres we're presuming got, he'll wind up on the IL. We don't know that yet. But, that's, yeah. that's what I'm presuming, yes. Obviously, we don't know at this point. So, uh, But if that is the case, then I, I believe Miguel, you know, will obviously be up here. Um, 
but you know, you've got Anderson pitching well, you've got Brew Baker, you've got Crow, um, Keller's, you know, coming along. Um, and I just, I think I, I am okay with him getting spot starts. You're, you're giving him that experience and then sending him back down to, you know, to continue, you know, working on things. Uh, we're kind of easing him into the process. Um, he is going to be in this rotation by the end of the year. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, we haven't even seen uh, Mears yet or, or Tasty Young. You know, all those guys are going to get an opportunity to start this year. So I, I'm okay with easing Miguel um, into, into the rotation and, and into the role. And I think it, it kind of goes back to, to, we may not understand it, but as long as he understands, hey, this is, you know, he, he's not coming up thinking, hey, I'm going to be, I'm, I've made it, I'm here. He, he knows he's going back down, you know, after that start. So he, as long as he's the one who understands it, I'm good with that. I get that. I understand it too. And I think they're, they haven't even really gotten to the point where this is painful yet. I wondered before the season started how they were going to actually build this rotation because, uh, you know, the forecast at the beginning and, and Sean, I'll go to you on this here, but the forecasted rotation at the beginning of the season was Cole, Keller, Brault, Anderson, and Brubaker, right? So you, you've heard me not mention your hurry or Crow or Cahill or certainly didn't mention de young or anybody <laughs> i mean so how are they going to make this all work you got soriano coming too just starting his rehab assignment now and he has to be on this team there's no question there so how do they tackle this i think you have to back up a little bit and look at what you think their expectations for the pitching staff is this year um are you going to bring up all these young guys and then just throw them to the wolves right away? Or are we going to try and spot start them and hopefully build them up and not crush their confidence and uh, move forward in 2022, 2023, 2024 and beyond. Um, I think that's more of their strategy. These like the current rotation is probably more, if we get something out of it, great. If not, it, this year is a wash anyway. So I mean, I think there's Brubaker and Keller. I think they're they're counted on to be here, right? Yahure, Crow, mm -hmm. and then you, you got to try to pitch Cole and Brault. I mean, because you have to try to move them, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> or they yeah. can move yeah. to the bullpen. So, I guess my my point is, at some point, you have to do that balance. Charlie, right? You have to do that balance of, okay, Miguel Yahuri, yeah, we don't want to just throw him to the wolves, as Sean said, and leave him for dead. And and but he showed you that he's well equipped to fend off those wolves. And he's fine. You know, he came up here and he put two sticks together and built himself a fire and survived the night and he was good, you know. <laughs> so so at some point you have to go, okay, yeah, but Miguel's better. Let's leave him up here, right? You've already started the clock on him. 
hell, the Yankees were like this close to having him in their rotation this year before they dealt him. So at what point do you say enough's enough? The best to, the best that we have need to be here. Yeah, I think I'll tell you what, that kid does not lack confidence. Like I don't worry about him coming up and getting rattled at all. He's one of the most mature, uh, was he 22? I think 21. Yeah. I mean, he goes out and he handles himself very well. Um, but I, I kind of like agree with Graves a little bit, you know, kind of block. Um, if Cahill goes on the, the IL, like that is like the ideal situation for, you know, you hurry to make his way in here. Um, you know, what do you do at that point with Cool and Brault coming back at some point? Is it a battle between um, Yuhure and Crow? And then one of them gets sent down if they, you know, whichever one's faltering by the time Crow's ready or Cool's ready or Brault's ready. Um, you know, Tyler Anderson's going to get traded at some point. Yeah. Um, that will open up, you know, one of those spots. Um, I yeah, think- it makes a lot more sense after the trade deadline doesn't it yeah i mean because the problem is cole and brault both put a little bit of a dent in that plan because if the if the plan was to to be moving both of them or all three of those people or even four if you want to count cahill although i think that was a dream at best anyway but if you plan to move all those players by the by the trade deadline um so that you can make room for younger pitchers okay i think that's not going to work out now so um, you're probably looking at everything that you planned on happening at the trade deadline maybe getting pushed back to next year which is fine by me but at some point when you watch these guys fail like cahill or um even if anderson crashes back to earth let's just say all the, the, the hitch in his giddy up and his weird delivery and, his, you know, all the tricks that he's pulling and, and, you know, trying to give people a quick pitch every once in a while, all that stuff kind of starts getting caught on to, and you start slowly seeing him return to the Colorado version of himself, as opposed to the Pittsburgh pirates version of himself. You're going to see people clamoring for what they've seen be good already. This isn't a guess anymore. And, and they've right. taken that guess away by having him come up here and do spot starts. If he was in AAA, there'd be people like me writing stories like about how he needs more seasoning in AAA, right? You've, you've taken that off the table. You gave me a sample. Right. You gave me a sample yeah. of that fine, fine wine, and now I want the whole bottle. At some point, that's what you do to a fan base when you start giving us a taste of the future. We want the future. You don't want to wait for it anymore. So I say, like, hold him back. until. <laughs> don't even send him up to, to fill in this role for Cahill if you're not going to let me keep him. Because I think if you give that kid three, three consecutive starts, by that third one, you are not sending him back. He's going to Brian Reynolds you. Yeah. Graves? I'll, I'll throw it back to you because you kind of started the whole thing and I'll see if I did any damage on your mindset. I doubt it. <laughs> All right. Well, 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 one thing, you know, that, that Shelton and Sharon Ken have both talked about is, is 
possibly using a six-man rotation. Maybe that would be an option, you know, um, and, and, you know, skipping a start, you know, um, they've talked about doing that some. So maybe they're going to get have to get a little bit creative and, um, and, and, and do those type of things and to be able to, to let Miguel uh, be in that rotation. And um, I mean, I, I agree. He, he absolutely deserves it. You know, he, he's a, he's a great young pitcher, 20, 23 years old. And, and uh, he deserves to be here. The composure is, is, is off the charts. Um, so I, you know, and, and Ben has certainly shown, you know, he can be creative and do, do some, some crazy unexpected things. So they may, they may have to go, have to go that route. They're going to have to show some flexibility or, somehow because there are too many, yeah, too many parts for this puzzle. So yes, at some point, yeah. somebody's got to make a decision on somebody. Like Chad Cole is, man, you know, he's had a rocky road. I don't know what to say. He put it together in 2018 a little bit. Then he got injured. He's coming back off the injury. I, I mean, I feel like there's a little more to see there. Maybe he works better in the bullpen, but they, they've got to do something to, to work in all these guys. And Stephen Brault. I mean, going into this year, right or wrong, he was their best shot at having like somebody who was going to be kind of a stopper for them. He, he was that last right. year. He kind of was that in 2019. Certainly want to see more of him too. And ultimately, yes, it's to move them. But at some point, you got to work them back in. I don't know. I, I guess maybe this goes back into still not understanding Ben's short-term plan. You know, it, maybe these two yeah. topics kind of combine a little bit because I understood amassing arms, but I just don't think mm -hmm. we're burning through them as fast as they anticipated they were going to burn through them. And yeah, kind of backfired point, a little bit. At some point, you're going to have to cut the fat. And no offense, Trevor Cahill, I'm not calling you fat, but you're going to have to get cut. I think. So, <laughs> all right. So let's move on to the next Pirates topic after we take a break. segment today i think we kind of need to recognize a momentous occasion here in, in major league baseball we've reached the quarter pole um so far the pirates are 17 and 25 um and i'm just going to spare every single one of us from saying that's a little better than we thought they'd be because i'm pretty sure we're all going to agree that's a little better than we thought they'd be um I want this to just be a pretty open conversation. Sean, I'm going to start with you. Any observations from the first quarter of the season? Anything that caught you off guard? Uh, I think one thing that caught me off guard is just how, at the very beginning, just how bipolar they were. They're either winning games by four or five or losing them by eight or ten. Um, I would figure that would be – now they're starting to get a little closer in, in that range uh, where they're starting to be more competitive. A recent game with St. Louis – uh, they got down and they 
started climbing back up in, into it. It was pretty impressive to see their competitive spirit to act, to climb back into those uh, tough games. They could have yeah. just, whenever it was eight to two, they could have just thrown in the towel and said, forget it. A couple I'm good examples against that. San Francisco too. So Exactly. Uh, yeah. One thing that I am super disappointed in is just the amount of runs we've scored. Uh, yeah. Man, that, like, like second to last. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, uh, I think that's a definite area they have to improve on, which once again, it could probably play into a lot of the DFA is just try to maybe catch lightning in a bottle. Uh, just try to find somebody because the bottom end of that order for a lot of the year has just been defunct. Yeah, it's been almost automatic after the sixth spot pretty much all, all season. And when you're a team that has to string together base hits and walks to, to score runs, you better do it. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. you, you can't have two or three spots in a row that just aren't going to hit. And there's there's been more than a few nights I'd rather see JT Brubaker hit than whoever was seven and eight. And I, I'm really not kidding. Mm-hmm. So, Charlie, how about you? Same question. Uh, yeah, I think like I've been, um, I've been really surprised with with the how consistent the bullpen has been um, for the most part. Um, I used to, I had an ongoing joke with like my brother every time Richard Rodriguez would come in, we'd text each other, "Oh, don't worry, Richard Rodriguez is in, coming in the safe day," because he was like so inconsistent in the past, you know. 2018, 19, giving up home runs here and there, but man, I don't have that feeling anymore. Like when he comes in, I, I'm excited to see what he does um, with that one pitch. It's that crazy. Well, yeah. well placed fastball. It's insane what he's what he's been able to do with that. There just must be something to his delivery that you just cannot pick the ball up because he just does the same thing over and over and over again, and nobody ever catches on. You know, it's it's crazy. I mean, Graves, how about you? Well, I think the um, as far as as uh, mm. observations, the starting rotation is actually probably better than I was expecting. Um, the bullpen has been great, and and kind of one thing I've been been preaching all all year is um, our defense is better. You know, we're we're not having these just airs after airs after airs and 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 uh i mean I, I know clear back on the i think the 5th of may we had like four airs in a game but since then we've been uh one or zero you know and and uh so i mean our our defense is getting better and obviously that that was one of the one of the goals going into the into the season is um you know we still still have trouble catching that pop-up, but, uh, you know, at least uh, uh, defensively we're, we're putting some really good competitive games together. So I, uh, those are some observations that I'm seeing. Um, our, our, our record is like you said, 17 and 25. And uh, I, I really want to get to that uh, 20 wins mark, you know, before too long. So I'm, I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping we can get that done real soon. I have no idea why that matters to me at all. Like, but I want to beat that 60 game record from last year for so bad. And I, and it, it, it doesn't mean yep. a, it yep. doesn't mean a damn thing, but I, I just, for some reason, nope. <laughs> I just want to see that they did better than last year in that small sample. I, 
I mean, it's almost like, you know, you're watching yeah. Brian Reynolds. He's in the same stretch of games here doing that, like tremendously better. Right. And yep. it probably matters just as much. I mean, it's, it's just about the same amount of at bats <laughs> and everything. So it's not like, um, it's not like you can go, Oh, solved. But I mean, he just, he looks different, you know, he, he just looks like a different player. Yeah. So, yeah. um, I mean, for me, I'd have to say my observations are um, I'm pretty happy because I'm pretty close to right on a lot of the predictions I had this year. The bullpen has carried the day. Um, the starting pitching has had question marks, but it's better than a lot of people assumed. And I said they wouldn't be able to hit, and they can't. So, I mean, it, it is what it is, and it's sad. And when I made the prediction – I thought we'd have Hayes all year, you know? <laughs> so if you told exactly. me that we, if yeah. you told me we would be missing Cabrian Hayes this whole season and be 17 and 25 at this point, I wouldn't have believed you. I mean, I thought he was going to be a quarter of the offense and I'm not joking. So, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think he's going to be the, the straw that stirs the drink more nights than not. And, uh, boy, wouldn't he look good right in between Frazier and Reynolds right now, or even driving both of them in. I mean, the way they're getting on base. Exactly. That's, that's the biggest yep. fear I have is Hayes comes back and Frazier goes cold, you know, yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. due for it. Yeah. He always goes cold at some point. And um, yeah, I mean, aside from that, the season I think has gone pretty much as I expected so far. Um, the division has gone pretty much as I expected so far. Um, if anything, the Brewers are maybe a little worse than I thought they would be, but they've been really nicked up. So it's so hard to say um, yeah. if that's really the team they're going to be and, and are they going to make moves. Um, the Cubs are, I think, a dumpster fire. I think in many ways they're in worse shape than the Pirates and um, kind of anxiously sitting back, waiting to watch the, the trade deadline drama with them this year because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, it's just good stuff. I mean, maybe Tony LaRusso will go coach them too and just take them the rest of the way downhill, you know. There you go. They could just reanimate the course, the corpse of Whitey Herzog or whatever and throw him in there. But, I mean, the season has been, I think, a little bit better. And I think in many ways it goes right into the disappointment we're seeing in the fan base because they kind of did raise expectations a little bit by performing pretty decent for the first few weeks. And no matter how many people were out there going, hey, hey, slow down, slow down, don't get excited. <laughs> They're going to stink this year. <laughs> it, it didn't work. And people still got upset that they that they stink. You know, um, that said, I do think they have a chance to play this the right way. And by the end of the year, I wouldn't want to have to play them um, if I was trying to make the playoffs. And I've got like a, a pitching staff that I think is going to end up being better than it was at the beginning of the year. And hopefully a healthy lineup that could maybe produce. Um, if they move Adam Frazier, obviously things change, but Charlie quarter of the season underway here. How do you see it moving for the next quarter? Uh, I, I hope it's just pretty much the same. Like I hope 
that's that's like my I'm setting the bar right there. That's what I want them to see, or that what I want to see. I want to see them just play the same. Um, I don't expect them to be any better. Uh, the outfield's still a mess. Um, they get nothing other than Reynolds in the last three days of Polanco. Um, they get nothing out of anybody out there, and defensively, all the guys they throw out are, you know, Phil, Phil Evans, all those. Are, Defensive liabilities out in left field. Polanco's a defensive liability, um, but I, that's not going to that's not going to get fixed. Like they're not going to fix that with DFA guys that they're claiming here and there. Uh, there's nobody in AAA to fix that. I think you get Hayes if you can get Hayes back. Um, you know that'll make up for it. It'll take Eric Gonzalez out of the lineup, um, so you don't have to keep rolling him out there. Um, but yeah, I would, norm- I would normally say like, well, what makes you say that? He's not better than, than Newman right now. But yeah, he Newman, they, they went the Newman, opposite direction. Newman like, is Gonzalez. doing better than him. He's, yeah, yeah, Newman yeah. ice cold to start. Gonzalez hot, and then they switched, and now Newman's not like lights out, setting the world on fire. But he's making good contact. He's yep. he's doing Kevin Newman stuff, just looping the ball out in the to right center, and you know, and, I, I like. I'll tell you, that's that's an interesting topic right there. Who would have thought when we started this season that Adam Frazier would have five errors and Kevin Newman would have none? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kevin Newman has looked lights out at shortstop, and I, all anybody's ever wanted to do is move him out of that yeah. position. But you can't now. I mean, like the guy's really doing well. I mean, and it's not like Cole Tucker's pushing him. No. Sean, what do you see for the next uh, little stretch here? Well, I sure hope to get uh, Hayes back and have him stay healthy. I think that's going to be one of the things that we need to see. Um, Don't forget, he's only played, what, 30 games in the MLB so far? Yeah. Is that about it? So we need to get some more information on him because he's been lights out up to this point. Um, but we need to see him through a whole season. Uh, That's a very salient point that nobody ever brings up. Everyone just automatically assumes rookie of the year, you know, coming right back. And yeah. Yep. Uh, again, I mean, just like the, uh, the pitcher we were talking about, he hasn't shown anything but being amazing but you haven't seen him through that whole season. That, that season's a grind. Uh, yep. Staying healthy is, is just a, is almost a skill set in and of itself. Um, so I would like to see that. So like you're calling Trevor healthy. Cahill no hitter in a couple of weeks here, then. That's what you're oh, saying. for sure. Yeah, maybe three weeks. Give him three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I think, uh, oh, no, but oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good, man. Go ahead. No, no. I think that uh, hopefully, uh, Hopefully pitching uh, kind of settles out. Hopefully, uh, you know, Cahill does. Uh, hopefully Keller helps fig- uh, starts figuring some stuff out. Um, hopefully he starts to see a little bit more consistency instead of this one great game and one uh, stinker. So I, I, yeah. I, I just hope to see some more consistency. I think if they show that, despite what the results are, you're, you're going to, that's going to be a, a, a good solid first half. Yeah, Mitch Keller is a guy that I really never want to see throw to Michael Perez. I, I think that would be an absolute nightmare. I really do. Like, Brubaker can lead the glove around a little bit, you know. Keller can't. 
like Keller would just, I think, disintegrate with without Jacob Stallings back there, which, okay, he shouldn't be that dependent on his catcher. But I, I truly just don't think that would be a good matchup. I'd really rather never see that if I don't have to. Um, as we as we keep moving forward in the season, though, I think a lot of the short-term things that we talked about in the first two segments are going to start to clear themselves out. You know, we talked about the trade deadline, and, and that's really the next big topic that's going to come up here in the next coming weeks. You know, I think we have eight and a half weeks before the trade deadline, so it sounds like a lot longer than it really is. And you're going to start hearing – yeah, you're going to start hearing the rumblings of, of Anderson and who needs a pitcher and is Atlanta in it? Do they want to add to their rotation? You know, and you're going to start seeing that sort of stuff coming up here. And that's going to open some holes. It's also going to, I would imagine, bring down the mood of, of some, uh, some fans that haven't fully bought into the rebuild. So um, how do you guys... Charlie, especially because you know you you do the podcast. How do you uh, how do you deal with that? How do you address that? Because you understand it, but you also understand why it sucks. Yeah, um, it's the worst. Like I I like stop wearing pirate stuff to the grocery store. Um, a lot of because like I've been accosted in the grocery store several times by people that just want to bash the pirates, and I'm like. Like, you know, they're trying to do some stuff, just trying to trade everybody away. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, I got to check out. And I just, yeah. whether I'm done shopping or not, I just go check out. And, so um, are you grocery shopping in, at Facebook or is that? No, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's just like, I go, I swear, every time I go out, I get, a, I, somebody comes up to me and starts bashing the pirates. And it's just like, they, I get it. Like I've, yeah all the pirates forever i've seen them do uh make horrible trades i've seen them make not make trades that they should have made um and it's and it is it is hard and i just i just try to tell people you know hey um there's a plan you can believe it or not i mean it there's really good i, I tell them i live outside of harrisburg so i say when the curve are in town go see them play and you yeah. will see what i'm talking about because I was there the last two nights or two days and Mason Martin absolutely destroyed a ball. Um, yeah. Probably one of the hardest hit balls I've, I've ever seen, um, especially at that park. Um, Kids but got I did, power I, for days. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. Yeah. And I just tell them like, there's, they're making these deals for a reason. And I, I think this guy has a better plan uh, than what we've had in the past. So you know, so you're just starting. You've, you've had your podcast for what, six months, something like that? February. Okay, February. so a couple months. Yeah. And I guess when I first started, I was probably in that territory too. Now I'm to the point where I just go, don't watch then. I don't yeah. care. Yeah, I've said that. I'm like, <laughs> I just go, yeah. don't watch, don't read. I don't I don't care. Like, because yeah. I don't care anymore. I, yeah. I, at some point, it's not on me to help the fans cope. Right it's on me to try to explain as best I can. And um, if you take that explanation, great. But I can tell you, I've been watching this team and, and if somebody's willing to listen, I'll talk to them. But if you can tell, it's just going to always be well nutty. Then I just don't bother. Yeah. 
But if it's somebody that actually wants to talk, um, you know, I'll say, I I can honestly tell you, I've been watching this team with a cognizant mind for 30 plus years. I've never seen them rebuild like this. This is different. It is. And they, they may fail, but what they're trying to do is different. So at the very least, I'm going to let it play out. And I realize that the end of the road is nutting with empty pockets. But if they do this right, it might not matter. And that's kind of what I need to, to focus on for myself. <laughs> I mean, Sean, you're, you're a very pragmatic person. I have always talked to you on Twitter. I think you're reasonable. I'd imagine you probably feel this same way. But, I mean, you're a fan. How's it feel when you start seeing some of the stuff you knew was going to happen anyway? You know Tyler Anderson's going to get traded. When it happens, how's that going to make you feel? Uh, I think right now I'm not so much worried about the names on the back of the jersey. I'm worried about the name on the front of the jersey. Um, This year I'm just going to take my joys with the team where I can find them and uh, just look forward. I know that they're – they're certainly executing a plan, whether that executing works or not is a whole different question. But honestly, I'm excited to see where this goes. I wanna see where they're at in 2023. I wanna see where they're at in 2024. I wanna see where these kids uh, end up. I mean, a lot of the guys that uh, that Brandon or Charlie was talking about, I mean, they're, they're kids. Some of them aren't gonna make it, some of them will. That's half the fun for me just seeing who makes it and who doesn't so i mean so you're you're a system junkie then so you like you like watching the system as well so maybe you're kind of more tailored to deal with a rebuild than than a lot of fans i I think i like the i like the process nothing frustrates me more than uh just seeing just trying to make something work and hopefully just throwing something at it and hopefully it sticks right so like Graves, you you also are very in depth on the system. You've been paying attention as well. And when when you hear Sean say like, "Oh, the front of the jersey is more important than the back of the jersey," are we talking about the curve or are we talking about? Well, uh, ultimately, we're uh, it's Pittsburgh, but uh, I think uh, for the time being, and as we're going through this this rebuild, um, this build. Um, what the kids are doing in Altoona and Greensboro and Bradenton, that, that's more important this year, right now. Um, watching them grow and develop and uh, get their fundamentals down and, and, and take that next step, I think is actually uh, the most important thing uh, right now. Um, what, what happens in Pittsburgh, you know, is going to, you know, it, it, it's, we're not going to necessarily like it all, but it's part of the plan and you have to trust the process. And I trust Ben Charrington and, and, and like we've all said, it may not work out in the end. It may, you know, these big dreams and hopes that we all have, it may not turn out that way, but until I see otherwise, I'm going to, uh, be on the hype train and I'm going to enjoy it as much as I can and watch every night and cheer on the guys. And if, uh, you know, they trade my favorite player, it stings, but I understand it's part of the plan. It just happened to me last year, you know, jo- Josh Bell was traded away, you know, 
but uh, you know, but I understood why. I I I, I understood that that's you know part of it. We've got some a great return for him, and uh, and I'm excited to see what comes of 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 those guys. And 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 uh, so, like I said, I'm not as much focused on what's happening in Pittsburgh. It's it's what's going on at, at the farm. Yeah, and, that makes and sense. Seeing to me. what these kids do. I mean, I'm pretty yeah. much in the same place. Plus, he didn't hire Tony Larusa to be our coach, so I'm pretty happy about that yeah. move. Um, yeah. Looking back on yes. things, I, I love that. Um, I would think that the next big thing is the draft before we get to the deadline, right? So, I'm gonna part yeah. parting shot this whole thing today by just saying mlb.com every single day until the draft is going to change the order of the draft please stop jumping on the bandwagon of each new top pick it's going to change repeatedly okay if you like rocker and he's your guy because that's who you rooted for last year calm down it may actually still happen, no matter where Jim Callis puts him, okay? He's a very talented evaluator. He may work his way back up the list. He may not. They may take a shortstop. It doesn't matter. Just let it play out. Don't ride the roller coaster. Wait until the week of the draft and then go read and you'll you'll understand what they're doing. You'll probably have a very good idea of who they're picking 3 or 4 days before the draft. I mean they they don't usually keep good secrets on this stuff because they want to negotiate contracts with them to make sure they're going to sign. Okay? Calm down. And whoever they get is going to be a good player. Most likely. Yep. They're not going to take John ben, Van Benscoten they're not, it's not going to be like that. Everything's Holy slotted now. Money. Everything's slotted now. Nobody can make too much more money. It, it's very fair. It's not the same as it used to be. Going to get a good player, most likely. Okay? Calm down. Um, I want to give everybody a chance to uh, give themselves one last plug here before we go. And I think Sean's is going to be the quickest, so I'm going to go to him. Sean Connolly. How do people get a hold of you if they want to have a conversation with you? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Sean, S-H-A-U-N, P is in Paul, Conley, C-O-N-L-E-Y. And he is a really good follow. I will attest to um, very reasonable takes on on everything in all, all Pittsburgh sports, I would say, not just the Pirates, right? That's right. There you go. Charlie, of course, everybody should listen to Bucko Fever podcast. It's it's good. It's up and coming. It, everybody likes it, at least that I know, in our small little community of Pirates fans who haven't given up yet. Charlie, <laughs> say hello to everybody and how they get a hold of you. Yeah, like you said, BuccoFeverPodcast.com. There's a really weak blog on there. Like, I don't get the time to get, it, get to that as much, but check that out. And then on, on Twitter at uh, Bucko Fever Pod, um, I do quite a bit on Twitter. So I like to talk. I talk to Graves all the time. She loves still pulling for Jonathan Lucroy. Um, so <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but yeah, uh, check me out on there. I love talking on Twitter. Graves? 
All right. Well, Gary, it's it's always been a pleasure to, to be on uh, the podcast with you guys. Charlie and, and Sean, pleasure meeting you both. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter. I am Voice from the Graves at KG underscore 55 VFTG. And I'm, of course, Gary Morgan. Follow me on Twitter at GaryMo2007. You can also search for Gary Morgan on Facebook. You might find my dad, but that's okay because I don't like Facebook. Um, don't forget to subscribe to DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network and listen to all the shows. They're all really good. Um, listen to this show every week. And um, actually, if you're just finishing up listening to this and it was live when you listened, you could roll right into the Penguins version, which is going to release right after it. So, uh, hey, have a great week, everybody, and let's go Bucks. Thank you.